Today's episode of 48 Minutes Team Previews is brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com where you can check out all of our team previews for the summer. Uh, we have touched on all 30 teams so far, uh, so we're excited to get all these up for you. And Sean, we are done! We are finally done doing team previews. This is our last one. I'm so happy that we are done. I want to talk. I want to talk real life basketball, uh, in uh, you know, in in a weekly fashion. Can we do that? Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So cool. Yes, this was very stressful this whole summer to get all these taken care of. Um, the goal originally did not start to do all 30 teams, but as we started getting more and more guests confirmed, we realized we could make it work. So we chased it pretty hard between July and October um, to really make all this happen. So. If you tuned into one team, whether it was we talked to your squad or we tuned into all 30, uh, we really appreciate it. You know, all the hits we got across all the social media platforms, um, all the different, you know, even on YouTube, we were getting a ton of hits. Um, you know, Spotify was a huge thing for us. And obviously, dude, like, we gotta say thanks to all the guests we had, because we had so yes. many good guests. Oh, so, so many. many. So many. Yeah, we had that. Uh, we've had, we've had, and, and then we had, we had one sadly that that we weren't able to actually use the file because it was corrupt so yeah. so there's that too so i mean we've you know it's uh there's been a it's been a lot of guests and they've all been great and we want to thank each and every one of them but we we don't have the list on us right now do we i mean if we really did this intro would be an episode it it would be it would be yeah but anyone who's listened to all 30 previews you uh you'd a real mvp yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is kind of a hint at the episode we have here for you. Um, but before we do get into the show that we have coming for you today, our Oklahoma City's preview with Ryland Styles of Thunder's Intentions, um, we're going to announce the show we're going to do. Um, we're really excited for uh, Hoop Cinema is a show we're going to be doing. It's our first ever, the first ever 48 Minutes binge podcast that we're going to upload. So Sean, Kyle, Ben, and myself, I'm sure through time, we're going to be talking different great NBA, I mean basketball movies. And we're basically going to do a full review of the, of the movie. And we're going to release all the episodes all at once. So we're getting ready to start production on that. Look for that probably around, you know, the end of November, early December is our goal to have the first season of about six, seven movies. Um, so, Sean, I know when I pitched this idea to you, you uh, got really excited and took the ball and ran on that one. Oh, yeah. We already got the cover art and everything. We're ready to go. Yes, we have intro music, too. Yes. Yeah. So be on the lookout for Hoop Cinema. Shot Callers, obviously, with Ben and Kyle. A lot of great episodes they're doing as well, as they also are going to be done with team previews as well. So without further ado, this is this week's episode of 48 Minutes. Check it out. This is Ryland Styles from Thunder's Detentions. Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. So Ryland Styles from Thunder's Intentions joining us today for the Thunder Team Preview episode. Ryland, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. We're excited to have you. Um, obviously, the Thunder have had a very interesting offseason, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about you, um, how you got involved with Thunder's intentions, uh, how big of a th- you know, how you got involved with being a fan of the Thunder, if you followed them from the Sonics days, you know, anything like that, um, and you know, also anything else you do other than writing for Thunder's intentions. Okay, so uh, starting with uh, Thunder fandom, uh, I'm actually from Oklahoma, so okay. uh, before the Thunder were a team, I was a Mavericks fan, 
and I watched the Mavericks play the Hornets. Remember, the Hornets had to play in Oklahoma City due to Hurricane Katrina. And then once the Thunder moved to Oklahoma City, I thought, you know, what better time than then to join on a new team and uh, become a Thunder fan. So I've been a Thunder fan since actually they unveiled the name. So I was I was there for the uh, ceremonies where we actually figured out what the team name was going to be, the logos and everything like that. Uh, and then with Thunderous Intentions, it was just a great opportunity to join Fanside and write for Thunderous Intentions. I was always a Thunder fan. I also have a Thunder podcast called Loud City Podcast. And uh, outside of the Thunder, I uh, do play-by-play for the Oklahoma Sports Network with uh, high school football. So uh, that's a little bit about myself. So when the announcement was made that they were coming to OKC, when you were like, oh, cool, we're going to have an NBA team. And then did you go, holy shit, we're going to have Kevin Durant? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of met with mixed emotions because he's such a great player. And then, uh, you know, of course, he's at Texas. But obviously, you got over that quickly once you realize that we're going to have one of the best players in the NBA soon. He would he would develop into that. Uh, actually, uh, Russell Westbrook was the last Sonic draft pick and never played for the Sonics. But he was actually really underrated by Thunder fans because no one really uh, knew his story. We really just knew about Nick Collison because of his connection with Kansas right. and the Sonics and then Kevin Durant. So, yeah, uh, those are the two guys that fans are really excited about. And then just to have professional sports in the city, of course. Yeah, I, I, I like that you say that, uh, the Kevin Durant thing in Oklahoma and Texas, because Sean and I, we grew up Bulls fans. Um, so the year Joakim Noah got drafted, I, I'm not a Florida person at all, and like I, I can't stand Florida. <laughs> And I had to be like, oh, God, this guy, really? And then after you watch, like, what when he was good at basketball, we have to pair preference that, of course. Yeah. When he was good at basketball and he was a good defensive player, was like, okay, he's got a lot of heart. He dies after balls and he fights for, he fights people. We're cool now. He's on, my, he's on the good side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's get into the Thunder. Um, obviously, Ryland, an interesting, interesting offseason. Um, let's start at the top, you know. Paul George comes back the night of free agency. Obviously, there's the worrying concern of him going to Los Angeles because you know LeBron's going there. There's also the you know fact that Kevin Durant left, and you're kind of dealing with that. It's a small market team. But as people are now putting it, the Thunder Buddies of Russell Westbrook and Paul George stay together. So take us through that time frame there, that first couple days of free agency, when you're Kind of did you did you have the feeling he was coming back? Did you think there was a chance he was leaving for Los Angeles? Where were you in that scenario? Well, I was a glass case of emotion, and so was Thunder Reddit because <laughs> you, you start with okay, this is a one year rental. Sam Presti's going to go all in. We're a small market team. We just lost Kevin Durant. We're finally going to have some sort of superstar to pair with alongside Russ. It's not just going to be Russ carrying a bunch of bums to the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. And then you do get bounced in the first round with the new additions of the Hall of Famer coming in, Carmelo Anthony, and a superstar like Paul George. And so then you think, okay, well, that was it. We just, got, we just lost in the first round. He's absolutely going to leave. And then the documentary comes out about, you know, he's making this huge ESPN documentary, and that's like, why would you do that to stay in Oklahoma City? No shade to Oklahoma City. I love Oklahoma City. But normally people don't make documentaries about staying in Oklahoma City. So that was kind of weird. <laughs> and. And then, you know, if you get past that, you start thinking, okay, he's going to L.A., now what? Oh, my gosh, we're going to have to trade Russell Westbrook. Why wouldn't you trade Russell Westbrook? Why would we just stay mediocre? So there was a portion of the fan base that actually thought the best thing was to just blow it up and trade Russell Westbrook. And so you go from all that to, nope, he's going to resign before, you know, it's even announced before free agency opens. 
the barber for Oklahoma City Thunder tweets out, okay, guys, he's coming back. There's a house party at Russ's house tonight. At 12.01, he says he's coming back, and so all's good. And then 30 minutes later, okay, Jeremy Grant's back too. I don't know how they have enough money to do all this. <laughs> do, you, um, do you attribute to hip-hop legend and the goat of hip-hop Nas and the reason that Paul George came back? <laughs> uh, I do. I do. I, I think that Oklahoma City needed all the good juju they could get. Yeah, I remember because, I mean, Sean and I, we covered free agency, like, hardcore, uh, even during the finals, because that was when we, like, you started hearing all the talk about LeBron leaving, and we were pretty convinced he was leaving. Um, there were times throughout the year we would go back and forth, and if you list our shows where I'd be like, I think there's, right now, I feel like he's staying, but the next week I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. this is coming up, he's leaving. Every, so. every week every week it was a different scenario. Yeah. My, fav- <laughs> my favorite was was the picture of him building the uh, the baby uh, the baby bed. In L.A. and they're like, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, it, he's gone. And even that day where you found out he's staying, there was, of course, Thunder fans trying to piece together: is the party real? Is this really a house party at Russell Westbrook's house? <laughs> Wait a second, Paul George has a charity event in L.A. What? How is he going to be at Russell Westbrook's party? How is this all going to happen? And then you realize, oh wait, he's a multi-millionaire millionaire superstar. He can just have a private jet to go back to L.A. to his charity event after spending an evening with Russ, smoking cigars and drinking and having fun. Yeah. So it was it was an interesting start to the summer for sure. Um, and a new hairdo, Paul George. You know? <laughs> Dig it. Changing it up, new beard as well. Uh, hopefully, we'll see. Uh, got the surgery early in the off season as well. Uh, but really, that whole scenario—if you would have just taken Paul George for his word—this all could have been solved because he really said multiple times since being traded to Oklahoma City that he wanted to give Oklahoma City a chance and Russell Westbrook a chance. And then in his exit interview, he talked very, very highly of the organization and said he wants to grow with the organization and grow with Russ and, and see where all him and Presti and Russ can move forward together. And no one believed him. So you talk about, um, you know, how big it was that Paul George came back. Obviously, that's going to be a big discussion throughout this show, I'm sure. Uh, you mentioned Jeremy Grant. Three years, $27 million. And at that time, you know, you're kind of going, okay, this is great, but where the hell is this money coming from? <laughs> you know, obviously... We still have Carmelo Anthony on this team, and by the way, I'm sorry I had to go through a year of Carmelo Anthony. I'm sure that was very, very difficult. <laughs> um, oh, yes. But, you know, at what point did you go, okay, great. Was there a point in this scenario where you went, okay, great, Russ is back, Paul George is back, Jeremy's back. Who the hell, how the hell else are they going to anybody? Because at one point you guys were, t- like, was it 300 mil? You guys were at, yes. at one point? <laughs> um, for me, I know that came for a lot of people. For me, it never came because really... There's two reasons why it never came for me. One, I'm not going to penalize the organization for their mistake and fixing the mistake. If you remember, of course, the James Harden trade. Okay, yes, that was a mistake on their part. But now, since they fixed it, I can't go back and say, well, why'd you fix it now? Just make the same mistake twice. Why don't you? And on the other hand, also, this is, again, a small market team. The Thunder, I'm, as much as I love the city, as much as I love the organization, they're not going to have an opportunity to spend money like this very often. Because really, no one is going to just randomly pick the Thunder. You're going to have to have the assets to trade for a guy, invite them into your culture, and try to do this all over again. And there was still a real chance that Paul George didn't pick Oklahoma City anyway. So to go out and spend this money, I think, was pretty much a a 1 in 100 chance. And they're probably never going to do this again in the history of their franchise. Ryland, with with Sam Presti being the GM there, he's he's done a bunch of bold moves over the years. He's a guy who is just never satisfied with status quo. He always wants to get better. Um, but last year, uh, you guys traded for Carmelo Anthony. 
Did did any Thunder fans think that was going to work out at all? What was the general consensus among Thunder fans? Uh, sadly, yes. <laughs> a lot of Thunder fans <laughs> talked themselves into Carmelo Anthony. And I was pretty hesitant, especially after he showed that he wasn't going to come off the bench at all. Uh, so that was pretty interesting that people still found a way to buy in. Everyone thought this idea of Olympic Mello would come back and uh, and be a real thing in the NBA whenever he's never proven that to be the case. Uh, I think that Thunder fans really just kind of saw what the team did against good teams and thought, okay, they can duplicate that. But then once you lose Andre, that defense of Carmelo Anthony kind of stinks. And so you don't have Andre to cover that up anymore or Steven Nams to cover that up anymore because Steven Nams was able to cover up a lot of Mello's defensive issues because on the perimeter you had Paul George and Andre locking the perimeter down. And then Steven can clean up the mess on the back end that Mello leaves. Uh, But yeah, Thunder fans were excited, and I mean, I can't say I blame them too much. I mean, obviously, as a basketball mind from the outside, you think there's no way this is going to work. Well, what was the point of getting excited about that? But if you put yourself in the shoes of someone from Oklahoma City or or a small Oklahoma town or suburb, you just got a Hall of Famer, which has been debated somehow this summer. He's absolutely a Hall of Famer. They let anyone in the right. Basketball Hall of Fame. You just got a <laughs> Hall of Famer to come play in Oklahoma City for Ennis Cantor and Doug McDermott. Okay, I'll sign up for that 10 times out of 10. It just didn't happen to work. Like Paul George said uh, Monday, it just didn't work. And it's no one's fault that it didn't work besides maybe Melo not coming off the bench. But that's really the only thing that you could say. It just didn't work. I find it funny that all these people are like, well, the reason he had a bad year is because he played on a position. Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's because he's washed. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's because he's slow down the floor and he can't make shots anymore. So what, what would you? What advice would you give to Thunder fans that are really excited about obtaining him? I'm sorry about uh, Rockets fans. Um, I would say relax. <laughs> the, the just, let it ha- just let it happen. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that this can be considered a hot take. I mean, they'd be better with Trevor Ariza in his in his place, right? Um, especially if they're going to play him at the three um, this year. That's idiotic to me. Uh, I think it'd also be idiotic to say that Russell Westbrook made him bad. Russell Westbrook would defer to Carmelo Anthony for. About 80% of the season, he was he was deferring and and actually playing submissive to Carmelo Anthony, trying to get him involved and make him feel appreciated. And it just didn't work. He just couldn't hit his shots. And maybe he does this year, and that's all well and good, but that won't be Russell Westbrook's fault. And you can already see the narrative being built that it was all Russell Westbrook's fault. And I'm not a Russell Westbrook homer. We can get into that later, but... That's one thing I'll stand up for Russell Westbrook and say, hey, you know, that wasn't his fault. He The passes were good. The shots just weren't. And that's really all there is to it. It just didn't work. So, it uh, looks like Sean dropped for a second here, of course. Um, <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit, too, about some of the other moves that you guys made, uh, the Thunder Beam, that is. Um, obviously, you know, after the, after the deal's done, um, you get Dennis Schroeder in the deal, who was fantastic, uh, by fantastic, I mean awful for a long time <laughs> in Atlanta. But honestly, the role he's going to have there, kind of that, I guess, Reggie Jackson-esque role, uh, I'm really excited for. Um, and then you also go go and get some guys like Timothy Lua Kebaru, who just mm-hmm. has a really cool name. Um, <laughs> TLC. Yeah. As Thunder fans call him, because as you can imagine, people in Oklahoma don't really know how to say that, that name very well. Yeah. Um. And then you talk about other guys like like Nerlens Noel. I think is a for the for the amount they for what they got him for mm-hmm. is a great deal. So what what did you think about some of the other offseason moves they made? Well, I appreciate you saying that because as I wrote for Thunder's intentions, whenever they got Nerlens Noel, he is going to be a very interesting piece, a very exciting piece. 
Uh, I wrote a, a preview for him saying the Thunder should go get him, and then a few weeks later they did go get him. I think that really this team lacked a center last year, a backup center. They played Andre, excuse me, they played Patrick Patterson at the five, and quite honestly, that was idiotic by Billy Donovan. Patrick Patterson's more of a three than a five. He's nowhere near a three, but he's more of a three than he is a five. And he was playing out of position all year. They tried Jamie Grant there, and it did work, but there's certain lineups where you just can't have Jamie Grant as your five. And I think Nernus Noel is going to be a huge, huge part of the Thunder team. And he seems to be excited about it. Of course, last year with the Mavericks, he got benched on media day. Rick Carlisle came in and said, hey, you know, we're not going to start Nerlens, even though he thought he was going to be the starter. And he got it and it kind of went downhill from there. And then he started eating hot dogs in the media room during games <laughs> and it just all went downhill. And he seemed like a locker room cancer. But really, he seems excited. He seems accepting of his backup role. And if he's locked in and he's going to be asked to play a reduced backup role, you could see that potential come back in him. And you can see him becoming a very good player that he was supposed to be prior to the injuries. And of course, the Dallas debacle. He's such a such a good athlete, you know. Like he's such a good rim protector. I mean, we live we're about an hour north of Lexington, so we're right by UK. So I watched him play at Kentucky a lot, and I remember there was a game when he broke Anthony Davis's single game block record at Kentucky, and I was like, "Holy shit!" When this guy goes to the NBA, no one's gonna be able to score on him. Yeah, and that has not been the case necessarily. Yeah, I think that you know a lot of that again is due to injury, and then just him not really buying into teams. And he said mon- he said Monday that you know he's finally on a team that he can buy in, and he understands their goals, and he understands the way they want to play. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I'm not sure if he felt like he couldn't understand the systems or or the uh, or the style of play that Dallas wanted to do or the or the Seventy Sixers wanted to do. But if this is all true, and he's bought in, and he understands what is expected of him, he's going to be a very, very good player, especially in this system. The only thing you can really worry about with him is, of course, coming off the bench, I expect Jeremy Grant will as well. And those two players are kind of redundant. Neither one of them can shoot, obviously. They both are really just rim protectors on defense. So that's really the only concern in Noel, and it's not really even about him. As long as he's bought in, he's going to be extremely good. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with you there. Um, I, I think what's really interesting about him is, you know, it, it, it brings in a lot of the facts of two, um, him and Steven Adams. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the athleticism he has on top of the the skills that Steven Adams has on the, on the block is going to really be, be a big thing for them. Um, talking about Steven Adams, obviously, you know, kind of become part of this Thunder franchise cornerstone as well with guys like Russell Westbrook. Uh, a lot of skills. We're seeing him kind of get better and better. I miss the Mustache Brothers as much as you do, I'm sure, as far as their funny bits. But um, what... Funny bits, yes. Play on the court, not so much. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget, ever forget Billy Donovan saying, can't play Enos. Never forget that, ever. Um, but what, what do you think uh, expect to see from this year coming up from him? Really, I just expect what he did last year, which is really good and criminally underrated by a lot of NBA minds, uh, I, I think. Uh, another thing I expect to see from him going back to Nerlens is, you know, in his book this offseason, he wrote about how Kendrick Perkins really helped him develop with Oklahoma City. He really pushed him, really got under his skin to teach him how to get under their opponent's skins, and he gave it back to to Perkins, and they went back and forth during practice every single time on the floor, and I expect Adams to do that. I expect sometime during training camp we'll get a notification from one of the Thunder beat writers saying, 
Adam's pissed off Noel today. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to be doing. They're going to push each other. And Nerlens Noel is going to be a much better player playing under Steven Adams. That's what I think is the biggest thing for Steven because Steven already has it all, and people didn't really realize that last year. He was the best Thunder player last year, and, and that was a team that had Russell Westbrook on it. That was a team that had Paul George on it. He was the best and most consistent Thunder player last year. Well, you know, if he does piss off some people, tell, like I said, Sean and I are Bulls fans, <laughs> so we can tell you all about guys fighting at practice and you know, breaking faces. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I hope it doesn't go that far. <laughs> I hope it doesn't go that far. Oh, come far, on. He, he needs to be. Push each other. <laughs> he needs to be that competitive. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rylan, uh, another big uh, acquisition this, this summer was uh, Dennis Schroeder from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, this is a guy I have talked uh, mountains of shit about yes. over the last, uh, on this show. Um, I have never been a Dennis Schroeder fan. However, I do like him as a backup, and I do like him on this team. Uh, what are the expectations for Dennis Schroeder this year? Well, I think that in some camps it's uh, a lot higher than it should be. Some Thunder fans, as you'd expect with fans being short for Fanatic, some Thunder fans are saying he's going to be the sixth man of the year. I I don't believe that at all. I've seen that on uh, quite a few lists. I, I believe he might be on mine, so I think he's on my list. Uh, I'm not ready to put him at sixth man of the year just yet. Uh, I think that he's going to be huge, especially at the beginning part of the season with Russell Westbrook nursing himself back from a, a, a surgery he had in his knee to clean some things up. Uh, but for Dennis, I think that really it's just going to add another pick-and-roll element. Nernos Noel is amazing on the pick-and-roll. Of course, if Jeremy Grant can shoot from the mid-range, he'd be good on the pick-and-pop and even pick-and-roll, of course, because he's so athletic. Yeah. I think that Dennis is going to be very, very good. I think, like you said, you have him on your six-man of the year where I'd love to see it. I just am not ready to make that claim myself. Uh, he's so far talked about being a very good defender and talked about how he, having to be engaged on defense and wanting to learn how to be an even better defender. And so what I'm most interested to see, not only in his bench role, is him playing with Russell Westbrook. Because P.J. Carlissimo, for his 20-something games as the Thunder coach, tried to make Russell Westbrook a shooting guard, tried to get him to play off ball. Russell Westbrook hated that and ended up getting P.J. fired. But <laughs> if you can get Russell Westbrook to play off ball for even 12 minutes a game, this offense would be something incredible for that 12 minutes, and that could be the difference in a game. How much do you guys miss Reggie Jackson, if at all? Um, if you're talking about the play on the court, I'd say a lot. <laughs> if you're talking about the, <laughs> the locker room annex, I'd say not at all. Not at all. But... Okay, okay. I'm, I'm curious, because I know, I know he, was, he was such a strong uh, you know, bench point guard when he was playing for the Thunder, and I know they've been through you know, a lot of people since then. Um, including, including that's to say the least. Yeah, and including Raymond Felton, who I every I, I feel like Raymond Felton is either a Nick or a Thunder, and I never know where he's at from year to year. <laughs> or that year he's with the Mavericks. Or the year he's with the Mavericks. Yeah, he's got like three teams that he just revolves around, and I'm like, how, how is this still going on? But you know, I mean, he's serviceable, so I, I understand. But um, yeah. it, it's just it's interesting you say that because. Um, Really, Raymond Felton is the second-best backup point guard in Thunder history, which is well, incredible because last year his season was just amazing in terms of backup point guard, especially in terms of Thunder history because outside of Reggie Jackson, maybe DJ Augustine, that's pretty much the whole list of, of good backup point guards they've had. Yeah, it's uh, it's also the this is also the first year you guys are, are going out there without Nick Collison. What is that like? Uh, well, for me, yeah. uh, it's <laughs> troubling. It's hard. I'm, I want to cry every day. I mean, he, he's, uh, Mr. Th- <laughs> he's Mr. Thunder, man. 
he's Mr. Thunder, and he's one of my favorite Jayhawks of all time. Uh, I actually, this time last year, I was buying tickets to his last game against the Grizzlies yeah. already, because uh, I knew it was going to be his last game. Uh, I wrote a piece on Thunder's intentions saying that he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. So we can <laughs> talk about we can talk about that a little bit later. Well, we're going uh, to. <laughs> so you know, I think that it's going to be tough, especially for Russell Westbrook, because you know something that Sam Presti has mentioned to get serious now. Something that Sam Presti has mentioned, and even Billy Donovan the next day mentioned. Russell Westbrook has to step up now. He it's no longer now. I do what I want, Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know, and, and and everything like that. Of course, on the floor, be explosive. Be, you know, angry, uh, fight the rim with your dunks. But off the floor, you've got to take more of a vocal role and be in the locker room and, and, and talk some guys up because something that fans, especially non-Thunder fans, might not realize is every game, Nick Collison was the one in the in the tunnel giving the speech of what they need to do, how they need to do it, and how they need to execute. And on the bench, he was the one keeping guys engaged, keeping guys locked in, while Russell Westbrook was, you know, having the bags of ice on his knees and, you know, maybe joking around a little bit. Nick Collison was another coach on that bench, and that's something that they're going to miss very, very much, especially with such a young team. This team is very, very, very young. Do you, do you see him coming back to coach eventually? I do. I think that he'll stay away from everything right now. Uh, I think that he has great opportunities. I think, you know, of course, Roy Williams was his coach at Kansas, but if he ever wants to return to the program, Bill Self will obviously welcome him in and, and allow him to be on the bench. Whoever the Thunder coach may be, whether it be Billy Donovan or someone else, will obviously welcome him into the organization and let him sit on the bench and, and coach. And, of course, Roy Williams, wherever he may be, if he's still around whenever Nick wants to coach, he'll, he'll let him sit on his program. So he has three good sources right there of places where he can get into coaching. And if you talk to anyone around the organization, him and Stephen Adams are the smartest basketball minds within that entire organization. And, you know, Sam Presti made it known that he wants Nick Collison around, but he understands if Nick wants to stay away and, and be with his family this year. Yeah, I think Nick Collison would be a great podcast guest. I think that he would just be an amazing conversation with everything he saw between Seattle and Oklahoma City. That would just be such a fun interview. Exactly. You have you guys like might not have known, but like he w- he has some stories to tell. He was with the of course the move to Oklahoma City. He was one of the few guys left that he's w- still he was that, one of three that's that's left, right? <laughs> yeah. Now now there's only two, but he was one of the few guys. Of course, there's only fourteen of them total of a few guys that played in a roller skating rink to practice because that was a con- excuse me ice skating <laughs> rink that was. Whenever the Thunder came here, they didn't have a practice facility. They practiced in a former ice skating rink, a, a torn down or, excuse me, out of commission ice skating rink. So he's got some stories to tell about the early years and how bad they were, but how you could also see the potential in them. Uh, and, and, of course, how he mentored those guys and, and even just the rise and fall of his career. You know, he was once expected to be an incredible big man. He had double so- so- shoulder surgery uh, his before his rookie season and knocked out his whole rookie season. Uh, you know, he had some interesting stories to tell even back at Kansas. Uh, you know, he's an interesting guy. So going from the wise veteran experience, Nick Collison, we're going to talk about one of your rookies here real quick. And this is mm-hmm. a rookie who, like I said, where we live, we're really close <laughs> to a certain university. Uh, one of the guys that was kind of all over the draft boards pre-draft, Hamadou Diallo. So for those who don't really understand the story of Diallo, who didn't really fo- don't, don't follow college basketball and watch pro ball, he enrolled a semester early at Kentucky. He didn't play because that was the year of Fox and Monk. He entered mm-hmm. the draft, and actually, like, a lot of people had him as a first-rounder. They said, but go back to school, refine your skills. We saw the extreme athleticism at Kentucky. We saw the good man-to-man defense. But what we didn't see is, I don't know, like, shooting? Like, at <laughs> all? 
Um, so Hamadou is a very interesting case for um, kind of a Jeremy Grant-ish, like a poor man's Jeremy Grant with his sheer athleticism can jump out of the gym, but what else can he do? So what are your expectations for Diallo this year, if any? Well, if you ask Thunder fans who might have seen a few summer league highlight films, uh, they'd be very excited because of his ferocious dunking abilities. But, you know, for me, I don't have any expectations for him just because he simply looks like an 18-year-old. Like, he physically looks like an 18-year-old. And I don't think he's ready to be thrown into the fire of the NBA. I expect him to play mop-up minutes. I expect him to you know, get sent down to the blue every now and then whenever the team has an off day, like Terrence Ferguson was last year. Terrence Ferguson was a first-round pick last year, and he still got assigned to the blue whenever the team had an off day to go kind of get some reps in and get some time in with them uh, in the G League. And I expect that for Diallo this year. I expect him not to have too much of an impact on the floor. I expect him to have some exciting plays that you can put together a few plays in garbage time where he's jumping out of the gym, his head's above the rim. He looks like Dennis Smith Jr. or any of the other good dunkers in the NBA. I expect that. I don't expect anything impactful, though. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, I think that uh, what's you know he, he's it's going to take him some time. Um, I, I think that there is some upside for sure. But there are some things that I'm really nervous about for Shea like that because we saw a lot of like the maturity levels as well that really didn't develop at that time as well. Um, let's kind of look at two um, some of the other like your draft picks. You know, obviously the Thunder had three second rounders in this draft: Devin Hall and Kevin Hervey. And uh, you know, are these other guys too? You kind of expect that same road. Uh, these other guys I expe- actually expect less from. The Thunder didn't even sign Kevin Harvey yet. I think he's going to join the Blue. Uh, Hall went overseas to play in Australia. He'll be back with the Blue uh, in the second half of the season. Uh, I don't expect them to ever become NBA players whatsoever. Uh, Hall is already old. He, of course, was a four-year guy at Virginia. Uh, was very good at Virginia, but he's already kind of on the on the other side in terms of potential. So those two guys I really don't expect anything from. I think that this class is really just Diallo. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right there as well. So let's talk about now how this team develops on the court. Um, you know, a lot of the same guys coming back. You know, Sands, Carmelo, Anthony. We've talked about Dennis Schroeder and what we expect. A lot of people have six-man expectations for him. Uh, you mentioned Terrence Ferguson and kind of his ups and his up and down last year between the G League and the NBA team. Um, there are a lot of high hopes for this team. A lot of people have them anywhere between the two seed and the four seed going into the Western Conference for the playoffs this year. Um, this is a stacked Western Conference, as we know. Um, opening night, you guys play Golden State. So, um, what? How do you feel? Where, where's your confidence level on this team going into the season? Uh, my confidence level in terms of win losses and standings is is pretty high. I think that they're going to be a lot a better team last year, and that's no, of course, not to just poo poo on Mellow all, all podcast, but you we know, can. He... that's fine. <laughs> Well, I'd enjoy that. We should rename the podcast to just 40 minutes of just shredding mellow. Uh, But, you know, he was awful last year, and he dragged the pace down for the Thunder. It's a team that's really built to get out and run. They're they're the top half of the league in terms of deflections, in terms of steals, uh, playing defense. They're a team that needs to be out in transition. They have an explosive guy with Russell Westbrook. They have Paul George. But last year, they finished middle in the pack in pace, and that was because the third, the third piece of the big three supposedly was lagging behind on offense. You had to wait on him to get down the floor and then miss, and then brick a three. So I think that this team will be a lot better this season without Melo, just because he didn't fit with what they want to do. Uh, but 
they're also a lot deeper. Like I mentioned, they have now Nernes Noel, and he is going to be a very good backup center. And, and they didn't have a backup center whatsoever last year. Dakari Johnson was awful. He can't play in the NBA. I'm sorry that he's one of your Kentucky guys, but he can't play in We're the NBA. We're not Kentucky he's fans. <laughs> we just live close. Oh, yeah, we, we don't claim that at all, man. <laughs> uh, he, he's not built for the NBA in today's day and age, and so he was awful. Patrick Patterson, of course, was playing out of position at the five. He's nowhere near a five in the NBA, so now you shift him back to the four where he's more comfortable. He's also healthy now instead of dealing with a knee injury. Uh, but this team, all in all, is, is a lot better than it was last year and a lot more chemistry than it, than it had last year. Even just Russell Westbrook and Paul George, you know, you saw at the beginning, Russell Westbrook, again, was deferring to Carmelo, deferring to Paul George, almost to say, hey, please stay, please stay, don't leave me again, Paul George. Don't leave me like Kevin Durant left me. And he was kind of playing out of his out of his mold, and you could see that on the floor. It caused him to be worse because he was trying to get others involved too much instead of attacking the rim and taking what was there. And I don't think you're going to see that this year whenever he gets back on the floor. So I think this team's the second-best team in the West. Whoa. We haven't even got to the segment yet where we have to make your bold prediction. So. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even got to ask you that yet. I, I have a feeling you could go bolder, though. Uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe the Warriors aren't number one. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I hope you're right. God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, let's just go. just want to go ahead and do it, Tim? Yeah, why not? Let's just go ahead and do it. So... We have been asking every team if they could every every team preview guest uh, mm-hmm. if they could do a bold prediction for us. You've already said that the Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder are number two, which to me is pretty bold. And now you're saying Golden State might not be number <laughs> one, which is also <laughs> kind of bold. But but what else you got? Uh, I think that people are maybe kind of sleeping on the on the Spurs. Uh, Actually, on my podcast today, the Loud City podcast, we did power rankings, and I actually have the Spurs inside my top ten. I think that that team is just going to be a lot better than people think, especially in their regular season with Greg Popovich and now DeMar DeRozan and the likes. I think that that team's going to be really good. Of course, I think the Warriors are going to be number one. But you could make the case if you wanted to kind of be Colin Cowherd or Hot Take Guy or Skip Bayless and say, well, you know, uh, they're going to rest – Kevin Durant more, they're going to rest Steph more, they're going to rest Clay more, Boogie's not going to come back to form, uh, and then they slip in the rankings because of it, and then ultimately you're on the table in the playoffs. Sure, you could say that if you wanted clicks on a podcast, but they're going to be the number one seed in the West, sadly. Well, I mean, that's that's it's fair. I, I like that. <laughs> you, know, you know, you're the first person to kind of bring up the Spurs who hasn't, you know – been a, a Spurs blogger because like they're one of those teams I can't peg on my my you know predictions. I'm not sure if they're in the playoffs, but I think they're probably going to make the playoffs. I mean that's it's a fair assumption. We maybe we are sleeping on them, so I, I kind of like that. I just I just think that you know Marco Bellinelli even is going to be a very good ad for them. Patty Mills and Murray. I just think that Lonnie Walker though. I think Lonnie Walker might be their biggest off season. Attraction. I think he's going to be very, very, very good. I was doing a lot of pre-draft stuff for Thunder's Intentions, and he's one of those guys that really stood out to me. So I love that draft pick, especially for the Spurs. I think he could be a, a Kawhi replacement, of course, not to the level of Kawhi, but he could you know, fill that role, so to say. So we like it. We do. But we need your Thunderbolt prediction, Riley. <laughs> Thunder, if, if we're not taking the two seed, you know, we're not taking that as a bold prediction, I would say... Oh, I would say Russell Westbrook's going to average a triple-double again. Oh, okay. Three years in a row? Three years in a row. Three-peat for Russell Westbrook. He's going to get it again. 
I mean, he's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, why not? Let's just let's pad the stats. <laughs> See what well, again. people accuse him of doing that all the time, anyway. That's, right, that's yeah. hey, he's a hey, it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll say one more. Stephen Adams is going to be an All Star this year oh! in the competitive West. He'll be all, all right, all right. That's I like what, it. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted. <laughs> that was the bold prediction we were looking for. Stephen Adams, All Star, 2018-19 season. He deserved it last year. He got snubbed. This year is his year. Yeah, I um. I'm down for that, man. I'm a big Steve Adams guy. I actually have him in our Dynasty Basketball League. Um, so he was he's one of my keeper guys. So I'm a fan of that. I can get behind that. I think it'll be a fun year for Thunder fans, and especially you know with, with the core coming back the way it is. And now officially we get to see the OK3 with Steven Adams and Russell and Paul George. And, of course, I think Patrick Patterson will be the starter. Um, I don't think it'll be Jeremy Grant. Uh, so we'll finally get to see the lineup we should have saw last year because if you remember, Patrick Patterson was going to be the starter before they traded for Melo the day before media days. So when you, you list those guys, and the thing that stands out to me about that is, holy crap, they're going to play good defense. Mm-hmm. They're going to be one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Yeah. If not the best. The best. Yeah. Well, that's good because we did the Utah Jazz episode, and you could like, oh. convince that guy. That we had that the Jazz were not going to be the best defensive team in the league. Uh, I think that the Jazz, you know, of course I have them as the seventh in my top ten power rankings team. Uh, I think they're going to be a good team, but I think that they're just getting overrated right now because of that first round against the Thunder. You know, of course, that doesn't happen if Ricky Rubio, credit to him, but if Ricky Rubio doesn't have the series of his life and doesn't embarrass Russell Westbrook and make Russell Westbrook look like an absolute scrub on that floor for the first six or seven, for the first five or six games of that series, that doesn't happen, and the Jazz are just a fun little team that got bounced in the first round. Ricky Rubio was was due a playoff series, though, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, he was. Uh, again, credit to him for doing that. That's but right. that, you've got to admit that, and I think even Jazz fans would admit. If I get another matchup of Ricky Rubio against Russell Westbrook, I'm taking Russell Westbrook. I don't know. Was... I don't know. Maybe maybe playoff Rubio is a thing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, playoff P certainly isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's so funny you say that. I was actually at his last Pacer game um, when he when they got swept by the Cavs that year. I was oh. at the I was at the game when the Cavs like Cavs locked it up. Wow! And I was at Game Five this year, and <laughs> where the Thunder made a historic comeback and then lost in Game Six. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it happens. That's why the NBA is great. You never know. Oh, yeah, it's really great to see Ricky Rubio shut down Russell Westbrook for five and six. <laughs> and Joe Ingles become one of the greatest three-point shooters in NBA history for a series. Hey. Yes. And shut down Paul George somehow. So, I mean, that's two examples right there of things I don't think is going to ha- Th- happen. Things again. that are not going to ever happen again. <laughs> again, if I get a series where I'm taking Russ against Rubio and Paul George against Ingles, I'm going to bet my money on Russell Westbrook and Paul George again. And I'm sorry to Jazz fans who might take offense to that. But I don't think that Rubio and Ingles can duplicate that success again in another six and seven game series. So, Ryland, I'm going to ask you about some comments that just came across my Bleacher Report ticker um, from former Oklahoma City Thunder franchise player Kevin Durant. I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh, Lord. Yes. So, Kevin Durant (laughs) was apparently asked in a radio interview why he doesn't win regular season awards. And he said, and I quote, I mean, it's just pure hate for me, obviously. He's like, like, would I rely on to guard anybody? And they they want me to do all these. Basically, he was saying that. The reason that Kevin Durant is not going to get Defensive Player of the Year when he had a candidacy last year and the year before 
and actually I had him in my in my list for guys I could win it this year. He says it's pure hate for him because he left OKC basically. Well, that's interesting because, I mean, he won Rookie of the Year in Seattle. He was a four-time scoring champion. He was an all-star. Uh, you know, he's won awards. He's been on the all-rookie team. He's been, he's been the MVP in Oklahoma City. I just think that his defense is kind of taking a step off just because he's been playing on a very good team. And it, it turns up in the playoffs he's a very good defender. I just don't think there's any bias in this. I think that awards in themselves are fickle. I think that last year, Dwayne Casey wasn't the coach of the year, but he got the nod anyway. And, <laughs> and I mean, it just kind of goes with what, I mean, MVP is really the only award I think that you can put stock into uh, in terms of regular season awards, because I think that's the one that people vote with the most integrity. Uh, I think the other votes are, like he says, they're kind of biased, but in terms of leaving Oklahoma City, I, I don't think that plays a, a role in any of it, because think of who the voters are. The voters mainly are national media members. Do they want to travel to Oklahoma City? I mean, again, no offense to the state that I live in and the, and the city I love. Do they want to travel to Oklahoma City to see the second best player in the world play? I don't think so. I think that they'd rather be in the Bay Area. And I hate the Warriors, but dynasties are fun, and dynasties have ruled sports. And it's not just the NBA, although it has ruled the NBA. I don't think that he's getting any hate for being on the Warriors. Do you think Russ deserved his MVP? I think that he did. I think that I did you too. could obviously. I think that you could obviously make the case for. Uh, uh, James Harden if if he would have won if James Harden would have won I would not have burned the city down or been outraged I would have said okay you know he was very efficient he's a very good player but I think just putting the historical context into that year especially not just the triple double but what he did to overcome Kevin Durant leaving and again playing with absolute scrubs who shouldn't have been in the NBA at all he was carrying teams that had no talent on them and he was carrying them to you know, the first to the playoffs whenever no one thought that that franchise was going to make it. Everyone thought, okay, this is the end. Surge is terrible. They just traded for Oladipo. Let's see what he has, but now there's no Kevin Durant. Russell Westbrook's contract was up at that time. He signed a fake extension whenever Kevin Durant left to kind of appease the Thunder fans. But that extension was only for that year, so he had to sign his Supermax the next year. But that extension really didn't grant the Thunder any more, any more security with Russell Westbrook. So people thought, okay, this is the end. Kevin Durant's leaving. James Harden's gone. Russell Westbrook's going to bolt at the end of the year to go home to L.A. And so to do all of that and stay committed to this franchise, average a triple-double, carry this franchise, I think that he absolutely deserved the MVP that year. I'm with you, man. I, um, I, we had a lot of conversations about that that year because that was the first year we had our show. And I actually predicted him to win MVP at the beginning of the year. I knew it was the Vegas favorite, so it wasn't like some, like, ooh, shocker. But... Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that, all your comments you make there. So, Rylan, I think we're going to go ahead here. Um, we're gonna, you know, we've, we touched on everything we can with the Thunder here. We're going to wrap this show up. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I, you know, I really appreciate you kind of giving us about 40 minutes of your time to talk about the team and kind of get us prepared for them. So, when we, before we get you out of here, let's give you another chance once again to plug your podcast, your articles of work, anything you do in the social media world as far as Twitters and Instagrams and all that stuff. Uh, the floor is yours, my man. Okay, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Uh, you can follow uh, the website on Twitter, thundersintentions.com. I write a ton of articles for the Thunder, and we have a great team over there at Thunders Intentions that write articles as well. 
Uh, if you liked hearing my voice and hot takes, you can listen to my podcast, uh, Loud City Podcast, on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, it's just about the Thunder, but there is a trip around the NBA at the end of the, each show giving you kind of what's going on around the NBA, but it's mainly about the Thunder. So if you're listening to this and you're a Thunder fan and want another podcast to go listen to, you can hop over on that. We just uploaded a new episode today. Uh, but I appreciate you guys inviting me on the show today. It was really fun. I'll do it anytime you'd like. It was really, really entertaining and really fun. Yeah, man, we would love to have you again, and uh, this was definitely a great thing. So uh, we'll definitely be in touch for sure down the road. Um, so with that being said, we're going to wrap up the Oklahoma City Thunder team edition of 48 Minutes. This time next week, people will be talking real basketball and real games, and it's going to be awesome, and we can't wait because we've given you a summer's worth of team previews so we can finally do this. So on behalf of Sean Mackey, on behalf of Ryland Styles, who was awesome enough to give us some more time, this is Tim Daniel. Everyone have a great night. Let's finish it out. The bullet's eyes are